Hi, this is Erica Potter. And this is Hunter Willis. And this is Hot Girl Briefing. Hey, Erica. Hey, Hunter. We're finally back. We're finally (laughs) back. I know. Does it feel good to hear our voices? I mean, listen, it feels good to be like hearing each other's voices because it's been a minute. I mean, like y'all think like, I I don't know what y'all think. But like Eric and I like this, like the pod is also like our weekly catch up sesh, you know, like we just hop on Zoom, we have our little weekly catch up. And like, we haven't had that lately, because we haven't been, you know, the hot girls have been on the break. Like we we had a hot girl break, we had a hot girl, crazy fall, crazy fall. I mean, Erica starting a new job, things have been crazy there. God knows my quarter was like the quarter from, I mean, it, it was just the quarter, it was a chaos quarter, truly was. So, I mean, between the two of us, the hot girls needed a break. So, but we're back now. Here we are. Yes. Hunter was doing like a million and one things. I was starting a new job. <laughs> I was, uh, poorly attempting and trying to do a million and one things, but I don't know if I was succeeding in any of them, but. <laughs> yes, but we are finally here, finally back. I've missed seeing Hunter and talking with him and I missed talking on the podcast with you guys. Uh, we, me and Hunter were definitely talking for like an hour before we even got started because of oh, how much we haven't caught up. Yeah. Cause I mean, like, you know, you got to catch up with the hot girl, but the hot girls have to catch up. And then we got to catch all of you guys up because so many things have gone on in the world. So we have so many points for new content. It's going to be crazy this next month, especially because I'm home now back in the mitten. So Eric and I, you already know what that means. It means that we will be getting together. We will be having a full day of just podcasting because that's what we do every time I come home for any extended period of time. So it's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be so much fun. But of we course. still have to try and fit all that in with all the holiday madness. So I don't know if we should try doing another video episode because that's what we <laughs> did last time. Let us know if you guys like loved it, hated it. Personally, like on our end, it was we hated rough. It. it was rough. We hated, we hated it. it. It was extremely rough to try and figure out. So we liked the know. episode itself, like the content yeah. of the episode. It was just like the actual recording of it. And I don't know, it's easier to record over Zoom now, even though we used Absolutely. to strictly do it in person, which is so weird. Yes. So like if you guys have like a really like, you know, distinct feeling towards the video episode and you guys really liked that one more than like all the other episodes, like let us know and we will try our best to do it. But we make no promises because, you know. It's rough out here, y'all. I mean, we still got the holidays to do everything, too, with all the fam, with all the friends, got to catch up with everybody, got to go see everybody. Erica's got her man. She got to go and do stuff with his family and friends, too. So, like, you know, there's a lot to do around here these days. So we make no promises. But if there's, like, some overwhelming response that you guys really prefer the video episode, I guess we can try and find a way to make it work. (laughs) Yes. I will say nothing takes up my time more than dog sitting my dog nephew Cody the love of my life also the most needy and attention demanding person I will dog I've ever met you're literally like the fairy dog mother no literally (laughs) he's with me like all of December because my dad's like off traveling for his job which like must be nice but um Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. Cody's just with me and when I like y'all like people who have kids I don't know how y'all do it because I with the dog am struggling always it it's just crazy like just I mean just like hearing about you being this dog sitter it is it's wild it's mind-boggling but you know what the hot girls are back here we are life is great so (laughs) 
So let's get into it. What are we talking about today, Hunter? Okay, so you guys have probably heard about it in the last couple of days. It's been super big in the news. It's everywhere right now. All of the protests going on in China. So we kind of talked about it a bit before in a previous episode with the zero COVID policy, because that all links into these protests. So we're going to get into this. So Erica, where is this? So just starting out, like, you know, we've been seeing protests in Xinjiang over the Uyghur situation there and China, you know, having these detention camps, these quote, re-education camp, you know, all of these different words for these camps, which pretty much, you know, these people are being sent there, horrible human rights abuses are being reported from there. We've already been seeing a lot of protests going on about that. We saw protests going on about Xi Jinping coming to an unprecedented new term, kind of being promoted as almost like the forever president, forever party leader at this point from this most recent party Congress. So we saw protest about that. You know, there was signage up on a bridge that then it was taken down and there was video of it that was on the internet, but it was taken down off of like Chinese internet, you know, so Chinese citizens couldn't access that if you were in mainland China, but you could still kind of see remnants of it throughout the rest of the world. So we've been seeing a lot of protests, but what if what what sparked off this most recent round of protests? Like why is why are they happening? Well, first thing before I actually get into it, I before you brought this topic up to me, Hunter, I hadn't really seen it. And I believe your phone like knows you like the back of your hand. <laughs> and so it like purposely shoots up those videos. But like we know that there is quite a bit of censorship in China. So I I don't know if much of our hawker listeners have seen these videos, heard about it, because I didn't until I had looked it up. And I like to consider myself pretty internationally aware. Like I, my, Mm -hmm. my for you page. We we, we do that. We do that. You know, (laughs) my for you page knows that I like to see those things, hear those things. So like the Mm -hmm. fact that it never, like I heard about the Iran protests, like all over, but the Chinese ones, absolutely not. So Mm -hmm. I just want to make that little, in case you guys didn't see it. I didn't as well. And I'm blaming China censorship for that one. I mean, social media is also super tailored. So, you know, like I'm always receiving like that kind of stuff because I mean, you know, it is my specialization for what I study. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that makes sense of why I'm just seeing it everywhere. It it was on my thing everywhere. I did hear about it. I even had one of our listeners actually write in and she asked us. So one of our good friends, Erica, you know her too, Christy. She was like, hey, Hi, Christy. Like, are you going to do like an episode on this? I was like, girly, we were actually planning on doing an episode about that. So she's <laughs> like, okay, good. Because like, I feel like, you know, there's not a ton of information out there on it, but I want to know more about it. And I'm like, girly, I will find you more information because it's all interlinked to so much other stuff that's going on in China that I got you. We can, uh, we can absolutely make an episode out of this. So once again, if you guys ever want to know anything, literally just let us know and we will make a full blown episode out of it. It's happened, what, at least five, six, seven times now, Erica, we've just taken something that someone's been like, hey, I kind of want to know more about that. We're like, all right, full episode. <laughs> yes. Well, let's, okay. To answer your question that you'd asked me, sorry to get a little sidetracked off. No, you're good, that, was, you're good. that was on me. But so from the protests, they started because there was a deadly fire on November 24th that killed around 10 people in the city of Arumki in a which is a province, and I'm probably butchering the name. I and believe the it's Arumchi. Mm. So Arumchi, a province in Shenzhong. 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 I was half right. You got, you got it. Shenzhong. It, it, I know that you you always struggle with that one. That one's always that one's never a friend to you. I know it. It really isn't. But there had been 
a lockdown for over 100 days. Like Hunter mentioned, we didn't just talk about the China's zero COVID policy a little bit. We have a whole episode, which highly yeah. recommend you listening to that before you, you listen to this episode. I feel like it would give it a lot of context. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, at the sort of memorial to the victims of that fire that killed 10 people, protesters had incorporated blank pieces of paper as like a sign of rebellion, signaling censorship from the central government and overall authoritarian policies. And this is all coming as like more and more protests have been coming underway, including those against Xi Jinping before he was essentially anointed to become like the forever leader that Hunter was talking about at the most recent party Congress. And, you know, like we just talked about censorship, it's a thing in China. I think we've all heard a joke or two about that. Yeah. So as you can imagine, the government's like not too happy that the Chinese citizens are protesting and being like, we don't like the government. We don't like these policies. So videos have been erased from the Internet. But like Hunter has seen and hopefully some of you guys have seen, they are still popping up. So there is some awareness of the protests at the very least. Mm hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, at times, like throughout these protests, you're seeing like foreign reporters, they're like being detained because they're just like amongst the protesters. But like, that doesn't matter. Like officials and authorities, like they're still like detaining them just because they're like they were out there. It looked like they were just one of the protesters. So, of course, they're going to go and like scoop them up, like take them in. I remember I saw a TikTok. I don't know if I'll be able to find a TikTok to link it in our sourcing. But there was a video of one of these reporters. He was being like dragged away by authorities. And he's literally like yelling like at his cameraman. He's like, call the embassy, call the embassy, because like he's being just dragged away by these authority figures. So, I mean, ultimately, it did say I do believe that he was let out. Like, you know, I think it was a few hours later, but still just the fact you're having international press that, uh, you know, they're being taken away and dragged away from these protests. That's insane to me. You're also seeing demonstrations across the world that are coming out like in support. You know, you're having these vigils, these protests. They're coming out. It cities everywhere that are really in support for these Chinese protesters because they have been under lockdown for so long. I mean, the protest that was there at Urumqi in Xinjiang, it they've been on lockdown for over 100 days. I mean, like that to me is crazy, just being stuck inside of your house, your apartment, wherever your dwelling is, that you're stuck there for 100 days due to these lockdowns. That's, I mean, that's a long time for anyone. So especially just the fact that you're there just because of this policy, which doesn't fully make sense, but we'll get into that in a second here. And, you know, I can understand why these people are so frustrated. And absolutely, it makes sense of why these protests are occurring, because these people are really upset about these, you know, draconian authoritarian levels that we're reaching here, which, you know, Xi Jinping is an authoritarian leader. The Chinese state is an authoritarian, you know, that's that, it's an authoritarian regime type. So you have to understand that these policies are coming out of this place that does hold this regime type, but it's still just, you know, it never gets like easier to see or easier to hear about. So I can only, my heart goes out to all of the people that are experiencing these policy effects, because it would be absolutely insane to just be stuck somewhere for a hundred days just because of this policy. But you're seeing that Western governments are also chiming in to speak on the right to protest peacefully and just, oh, we'll monitor the situation, you know, just kind of like the normal, like diplomatic kind of yada, yada, yada that you'll hear from democracies going and saying, oh, yeah, well, we think that you should do this, but, you know, not really a ton of action on that. So, Erica, do you want to talk a little bit more about the zero COVID policy and just kind of give us like a refresher on what exactly that is? Of course. So the zero COVID policy, and this is from our source at NPR, 
it's basically this idea that the that the virus should completely die out to stop the stop the transmission from people to people and china has been able to keep deaths low on record which is around 6000 even though they have a massive population but because of this policy it's allowed the authoritarian government as hunters pointed out to completely shut down cities, limit the number of people who can enter the country, and to have a very large contact tracing presence, which if you've taken any of those COVID surveys, like I can't even imagine what kind of questions you have to answer, how many times you have to take that survey. Because Mm -hmm. anyone who traveled over the holidays, like I swear everyone from my work, they came back with a flu, a bug, like one cough, one one person experiencing symptoms, boom, shut down. Absolutely. Yeah, because then like the whole city gets like shut down because the way that this policy works is that it's trying to stop anything from spreading before it really can. So the second you have somebody that's testing positive, instantly we're going to shut down an entire city because, you know, that's how we're going to stamp this out. And the way that it works is that works really well if the whole rest of the world is doing it. But if the rest of the world is like it, like we're seeing today of where it's just kind of like, hey, like we've acknowledged that COVID's a thing. Whoever's going to get vaccinated is going to get vaccinated. If you want to come into some countries, you have to have a vaccination record. Other countries are like, hey, you know, we don't really care as much. So like, sure, you can still like come on in, even if you don't have any vaccinations on your record. It, It just doesn't work because if you have the whole rest of the world come to a stop, and the virus completely dies out. And that's one thing. Congratulations. Now you've just let the virus die out and just, you know, run its course. But in this case, it's one country with a ton of people that's extremely difficult to manage. And you like just locking down cities with millions of people in them, just completely locking them down. That's already logistically a nightmare. Then you have to deal with outside influences of where it's like, hey, like the U.S., like people, people are still getting COVID all the time here. I mean, like, it's just it's just something that happens at this point I feel like just very anecdotally, I feel like United States society, America's society has just kind of been like, OK, cool. Now it's almost just like a common cold that you're getting. Like you'll get the flu, you'll get COVID. It's come to that point of where other countries are kind of, you know, not taking it as seriously as they did in the beginning anymore. And so when you have all of these people out there with all these infections still going on, this policy, it, it's not sustainable. It can last for a short period of time, but it doesn't, it, it can't last forever because when you have an entire city that's shutting itself down with millions of people, how do you have any work that's going to go on there? You can't produce anything. The economics of the policy don't make sense because you have to completely shut down your economy basically within all of these separate little regions and cities and zones to make sure that you're not having this COVID being spread, this virus being spread around. But that severely, like it, it severely impacts your economy at the end of the day. And we're already seeing that China's already been impacted severely by the economy as is. Then you're going and you're having all the sanctions against Russia, that's negatively impacting the economy. Then you're having all of these zero COVID policy restrictions coming into play that severely impacts the economy. So like the Chinese economy, not doing so hot. And I mean, that's one of the big things that China really had going for it was a booming, robust economy. It was growing at an unprecedented rate that people just haven't really seen in modern society. It was an absolute powerhouse for economies. But now you're starting to see, okay, you know, we might have to start pulling some out. So 
Apple, you know, pulling some of their factories out, starting to move iPhone production across borders, moving it to somewhere else that's not going to have as much restrictions going on there of where, you know, we can keep on producing iPhones, whereas China, you got to keep on worrying about, okay, well, if one person gets COVID, then this entire factory has to get shut down. So it's like, you know, it doesn't make sense for these multinational corporations to be locating themselves in China, which only further impacts the, to the Chinese economy. So you're seeing that this policy is just unsustainable. And you're seeing that these people, they've not only become fed up of having these very adverse conditions of having to stay inside for hundreds of days at a time at some points, you're also seeing them being negatively impacted in their local economies and their global economy. Like it's just not a sustainable policy. And you're seeing that people are, they're fed up with it. They're absolutely fed up with it. I'm sorry. I know that that was a quick, really passionate tangent there, but it's just, yeah, I was like so much going on there. I was like, do I need to interrupt? Hunter? <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, it's not sustainable. Got yeah. it. I, yeah. you know, we, no, it's okay. T- TLDR, we, it's unsustainable. The policy is kind of dumb. It's, it's smart if you have everybody going along with it, but clearly you don't. So it's just not sustainable. That's not smart. I'm sure Xi Jinping, I'm sure Xi Jinping would disagree with you on that front, but you oh, know what? Absolutely. It's your, I would agree with you. I concur with your opinion. You know, vaccine rates for the Chinese population still are low, especially among the elderly people, which we know are the most vulnerable to COVID. And it's crazy because it kind of seems like from the outside looking in, China appears almost as business as usual. Like, yeah, people are still getting their sheen orders. I see them on TikTok and people are still getting their goods from China, yet the people in the actual cities are suffering. And I don't believe this was in the article, but I did see this in another source of videos. Take it with a grain of salt. It's anecdote. But, you know, another complaint from the protesters was the fact that due to the lockdowns, the fire department wasn't able to respond as fast, which obviously if Mm -hmm. you have shut lockdowns, you know, it kind of makes sense that emergency services and just other areas of the city just aren't going to be as equipped to handle it as prepared um, for a fire to come out. And then they felt that because of those first line workers that, you know, they're stuck at home because they can't work. And it's just like, well, okay, so you're having all of these compounding factors onto why this policy sucks. Yeah. And there was reports that the people in the buildings were afraid to leave due to the fact that they're like, okay, like there's a fire, there's a burning building. Like, do we leave? Like, do we go? Because like, like, shut down, lockdown. For leaving, you know, this like, they probably would have been, honestly. that's the I wouldn't put it past Xi Jinping. I would not put it past him. That's the thing of where it's like, you know, the CCP government, like you can only keep this policy going for so long. And I think that it's far past. It's its unsustainable. Expir- it, it, it's unsustainable. <laughs> it's far past its expiration date. And it's just like, okay, so you need to start coming up with alternatives. And so you're starting to see that, you know, some rules are changing. So this is a quote from our one source at CNN, quote, more than 20 cities scrapped the requirements for negative COVID tests on public transport, if not other public venues, and some residential compounds now allow infected residents with special needs to quarantine at home instead of being sent to centralized quarantine, end quote. So you're seeing that some of these places are kind of adapting to like the anger that they're feeling from the Chinese citizens, but you're also having it be extremely decentralized, which we've talked about it before in some of our keep it BRI podcast episodes, 
some of our other just regular podcast episodes on China, it's just that the, the government there is extremely decentralized. So what you're seeing happen in some cities is not happening in others. So you're also having some other cities, they're like stepping up the zero COVID policy to the next level. They're not like de-escalating it, kind of going away from it, shying away. They're just taking it further. And so that's where it's like, you have so many people just so upset about this policy. And it's a lot of young people too. They're really pointing towards the issue of like authoritarian policies overall, Xi Jinping overall, not just the zero COVID policy. They're upset about all a wide range of these really authoritarian policies that are in place or coming out because they're so fed up with them. I just don't understand how like the zero COVID policy could still be a thing because I remember we talked about it like what seems like forever ago. And I also remember us talking about Beijing Olympics, which is like, how are you about to Mm -hmm. invite the Olympics into your country, but you're going to still maintain a zero COVID policy? Like make it make sense to me. How does that like those are complete opposite policies, like in my mind, because Beijing like Olympics literally invites foreign travelers. I know I think they didn't allow spectators or mm-hmm. I can't remember if that was Japan or China or both. It was Japan. But okay. But like they still had the foreign athletes because like obviously yeah. they need other countries athletes mm-hmm. to compete. So like how are you about to invite all of these foreign athletes, some of them from countries that don't have a like high vaccination rates, China included, China also not having high vaccination rates. And then you're gonna be like, but also zero COVID. Like that absolutely no sense. Absolutely. There, there's my little diatribe. Yeah. So then like moving on to like our next source. So it comes from CSIS, the Center for Strategic and International Studies. It was a book event with between it was a discussion between Jude Planchette and Sui Zhao. And essentially what happened was that within their conversation, you know, they were talking about Sui Zhao's new book that's coming out called The Dragon Roars Back. It's a lot about the different leaders and kind of like different foreign policies that were going on throughout China without all of the leaders from Mao all the way up to Xi Jinping. And so they were talking a little bit, you know, there was a question on there that was talking about the zero COVID policy. And so Dr. Zhao had said that Xi Jinping, you know, kind of isolated himself in a policy environment and that it extended to the zero COVID policy. And just like thinking about that, like, you know, it is so true because it's like, where else? I mean, nobody else is really talking about how great of a policy this is. But you're hearing like, you know, Xi Jinping, he's like, no, 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 like we're doing the zero COVID policy. Like, you know, it's starting to see that like, you know, some people are a little bit upset about COVID. And it's like, you know, you know, Sui Xing Zhao, he goes on there to discuss, no, people aren't mad at COVID. They're mad at your policy. And it's just kind of like in Xi Jinping's head that he's like creating this like false narrative that people aren't upset about COVID. They're, they're, they're not upset about his COVID policy, that they're just upset about the virus as is. And he's doing the absolute best that he possibly could under any of these circumstances. And it's like, you know, it's clear to see from an outside perspective, no, you're not doing that great as a leader at this point, because you're having mass rebellions come up. Like people are, people are upset to say the least. Like that's like the best, most polite way to word it. It's not working economically for you. China's decreasing, you know, its growth, its economic growth that it's not keeping on par with the economic growth that it used to face. Like, it's just not working out for you. But Xi Jinping is like, nah, like, you know, it's okay. Like, we'll kind of figure it out. But it's like, 
that's also where you get into like this weird walk around part of where it's like, okay, like does the CCP walk it back? Does Xi Jinping walk this policy back? Or do they maintain the policy and keep going with it to make it look like, oh no, like my policy is really smart. Like, you know, I really, I'm standing by my policy and it's, it's the right decision. Because if well, you why does it, it back, have to be that way? Like, why can't it just thing, be though. like a slow transition? But like, didn't New thing. Zealand do that? Yeah, but like, that's the thing. That was like, you have to remember like who the leader is here. That's like Donald Trump walking back a policy. Like he's a, like, as a strong man leader, like, you know, you have Xi Jinping. Donald Trump was a strong man leader. Vladimir Putin, a strong man leader. It's the same reason why Vladimir Putin isn't just like completely walking back like the Ukraine war. Like, yeah, it was a really stupid decision on his part. But he's never going to admit that out loud. It's bad. It's bad for his image. It's bad for his policies in the future. It's bad. It makes him look weak in his eyes, which honestly, in the international community, it kind of would make him look a little weak. So it also makes Xi Jinping look weak. Because why? Because he's really stuck to this policy for this long. So at this point, now he's just spiteful about it. Now he kind of has to ride it out. Because if he really walks it back, then, you know, it's going to look like it was a dumb policy decision. And people are, that's going to, you know, hinder his public image it's going to hinder his legitimacy as a ruler because now it's going to be like well wait why why don't we have somebody else running this thing if you're this incompetent that you didn't realize that this was a stupid idea because now he now you're admitting that it's a dumb idea well okay well i mean why don't we have somebody else run this show then i feel like this is the embodiment of that one trending sound that's like got to see it through my boy got to see it through my boy yeah, even if it's a bad idea, because it's like, you know, she just thinks he's like, we've got to see, we, we've got to see it through. Like, we've just got to see it through. And it's okay, like- but like, I am not a powerful leader of a country or a nation, but even I could figure out a way, I think, to transition one policy to another. Like, all Xi Jinping has to do is just be like, okay, now entering phase two of my COVID policy and then merge in and then, but. I see where you're saying where he's like, I don't want to walk it back. Like I said, this is how we have to do it until it's completely gone, completely eradicated. So anything other than that would, in fact, be a a misrepresentation. But like, I think he should just be like, yeah, I was lying, actually. Um, And just go through with it. He will never do that, though, because that's going to look horrible for him. I mean, think about Donald Trump saying that. Yeah, I was lying. This was a bad idea. What if he's just like, I changed my mind. Absolutely never. I'm not allowed to change my mind because I change my mind all the time. Or he can he can say I was presented with new data, new information that has altered my policy. I feel like that is well. That's if, kind of the thing that I would feel have respectful of that. You're gonna have to see kind of like like just like where to look for the future for this. Like you're gonna have to go and see Chinese research and scholarship coming out that's gonna say, hey, these this is how we're going to frame the new COVID protocols. This is going to be the new COVID policy is based off of this research, based off of this. It's going to have to be, quote, new research that, you know, people have never seen before, because otherwise it's going to be like, well, if you had this research six months ago, why didn't you do this back then? You know, so it's going to have to be new research. So basically, it's just it's going to take even longer for this policy to really get walked back, because now that they're seeing people are this upset about it and you know, it's only going to get worse. People are only going to become more and more frustrated the longer it goes on. So it's just, it's going to be chaos trying to walk this back and roll out a new policy. And it it's just, it's not good. It's not a good look for Xi Jinping at all, especially just coming back from the ASEAN summits, the G20 summit. I forget what the other summit was, but there was another one that was down there in Asia too, because I had to code for it for one of my jobs because I have to code world leader travel. So it's like, you know, there's a lot going on here and it's like 
you know, for Xi Jinping to go out there, I, I mean, it was his first trip abroad, really. It was like these big summits that were going on for like the G20 and ASEAN. And in every single one of the meetings, he was still in there with, he, he still had, I mean, because what, we just talked about the SCO, the Shanghai Cooperation Organization. That was his first big multilateral summit abroad. He still had masks on. All the Chinese delegations still had COVID and 95 masks on. You're still seeing that at the ASEAN summit. You're seeing a lot of world leaders going up to each other, greeting each other, no mask, no nothing, because they're all vaccinated. But you're not seeing that with the Chinese delegation. So it just, it looks like it's coming off publicly and in the international sphere that China just does not have their stuff together for it. And so the fact that, you know, Xi Jinping is now having to face this reality of where his own citizens are really not putting up with this anymore, where it's really starting to grow in protest against him. It's it, it, He's just grasping on the legitimacy at this point. Like that's that's my personal take on this. I think he needs to go back to focusing on the BRI. Um, maybe we can get that segment going again. I think that now's the time to really shift his focus into no longer containment and more so on expansion because yeah, that's where he was really succeeding as Hunter knows best. Yeah. I mean, like foreign policy, like China was really, China was doing pretty well with it, you know, especially with VRI. Like it's a great look. It's good for soft power overall. Like it's good for like creating relationships with other countries. Like it's really good. But, you know, this, the zero COVID policy, absolutely not. It just, it, it it's a rough look. It doesn't look good for him. It doesn't look good for the part, for the Chinese Communist Party overall. It's just, it's a bad look internationally, especially once the rest of the world is like, hey, you know, we have pretty like successful vaccines. Our vaccines, they've been tried true. People are starting to stay healthier. You know, we're seeing that people aren't dying as much anymore. And we've kind of opened up. We feel comfortable opening back up. And meanwhile, China's like still clamped, closed. You know, you only have so many people that are allowed to come into the country. It's just not a good look for China. And I think that Xi Jinping is starting to recognize this finally. But at this point, it's just a little too late. It's giving stubborn. It's giving bullheaded. It's giving my way my like my way or the highway highway. absolutely absolutely so you know i i think like i think we got a little off track from the protests talking about the policy as we should have because the policy Mm -hmm. needed to be discussed again obviously Mm -hmm. but i really do truly feel we truly feel for the people in china going through you know anyone who lost a loved one in that fire that caused the protest any of the protesters who are being detained, you know, they all have families. I'm sure we've seen reports from other foreign nations what happens when protesters go into detainment and suddenly you never see a video of them or mm-hmm. can't get in contact with them. Like, it's definitely a scary place to be. So our hearts go out to all the people in China. Um, we are we are trying to raise awareness with this, bringing it to your guys' feed. That's the most important thing we can do from the sidelines because, unfortunately, we're not in China. We can't go out and protest like they could, Mm -hmm. but we can talk about it. We can raise awareness so that, you know, China knows that the whole world's watching them. Absolutely. I mean, there's a reason that we picked this as kind of like the, you know, hey, we're back episode is because we feel as though there is so much going on with this that, you know, you guys really do need to be aware because it's giant what's going on here. So we know that there has been a lot of protests lately in China. There's been a lot more than there has been, you know, in the recent decade, but 
we understand that this is one of those pivotal moments for China and Chinese citizens that it really does matter. So it really matters that the word kind of gets out that, you know, we're spreading awareness of, hey, this is why this is going on is because it's something that we talked about months ago, months ago with you guys about the zero COVID policy. And even back then we talked about how it just doesn't seem like a sustainable thing. And now here we are, we're still talking about it. Like, it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, sometimes you can be one of the most powerful people in the world and you can still have zero clue what's going on and what's a truly effective policy. Xi Jinping definitely does not have imposter syndrome. So just remember (laughs) that some people like, you know, just I'm not even gonna finish that sentence. What I am going to say is here's what you guys can do. You can share reputable. I'm for the love, for the love of everything. Please check your sources. Please check them. Share reputable articles. Our, our little sources page on our website has great ones. You can definitely Mm -hmm. take one of ours or find your own. Like that's what we're here for. And so share those articles, share this episode, share with your friends, talk about it, post on your Instagram, post on Twitter. If anyone still does that anymore, mm-hmm. post on yeah, that's... Facebook, TikTok, <laughs> get the word out because that's one of the most important things we can do. Spread and uplift the voices of our international friends going through hard times. Absolutely. So thank you guys so much for being with us again. We are happy to be back. We should be back to the usual schedule now. We apologize for the hot girl break, but the hot girls, you know, hot girls go through it sometimes. And us hot girls, we are no different from the rest of y'all. So after going through it for a hot second, we are back and we will be recording extra episodes too, just to make sure that, hey, you know, we got a little bit backed up in the arsenal now. So even if we do need to go on a hot girl break, we'll at least have one or two that we can kind of just pop out the vault for you. So thank you guys all so much for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Uh, you know what? I spoke enough. Erica, you could you can head us out with this outro. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, our website. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. I sound like a late night TV show with talk host, but we can't <laughs> wait to catch you next week on the next episode of Hot Girl Briefing. Bye. Bye. <laughs>